Hi, I'm Chris from Cookie Lab. Jill and I are off to discover new and delightful cookies from around the world. While we're gone, please enjoy this day-old episode of Cookie Lab. It's from Season 1. It's Episode 1, The M&M Cookies. Not only will you learn about M&Ms, but you can relearn your cookie history, how to differentiate a cookie from some other baked good, and just enjoy a yummy treat. We'll see you soon with new and delicious Cookie Lab episodes. It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And Cookie Lab is an experiment in baking and tasting cookies. Those delicious, wonderful treats. Yay. Yay. Now, we need some... uh, And talking about it. Yes, and talking about it. And we need a few disclaimers. First of all, uh, we are not professional bakers uh, or uh, podcasters, but we have experience in both. And our greatest experience is in tasting cookies. That's true. We have a combined something like a hundred years of cookie tasting. Yes. If you add add all our cookie tasting together. And we've tasted excellent cookies and and terrible cookies. I don't know if I've met a cookie that I don't like. (laughs) And we hope that we are able to share a little bit of the history of cookies and uh, the science behind cookies and just the wonderful amazement of taking some traditional boring ingredients and combining them into the delicious morsels that look nothing like the original ingredients. It's pure magic. It's alchemy is it what is, it is. It's alchemy. Taking taking um, lead and turning it into cookie gold. Exactly. Cookie yes. gold. Yes. So, Jill, let's get right yes. into this. Let's first start about how we came up with the idea for Cookie Lab. Sure. So we're podcasters, as we already mentioned, and we decided to make a new podcast. And what I wanted to do was make a podcast about fish so that we could call it Codcast. But we are not fishermen. (laughs) And we have to wait until we move to Cape Cod, and then we can just do a podcast called Codcast. But until that comes, what we really like to do is eat cookies. So... We also are both readers of the New York Times. All the news that's fit to print. And we saw that they had kind of an advent calendar of cookies where they published 24 cookie recipes. Right. The 24 days of cookies. And we thought, let's try them all. Yes. And then we read them and decided that there were some that I don't even want to try. Right. Which, again, like you talk about terrible cookies. I mean, you just assume it's going to be terrible because it has guava in it. I think it could be great. And I want to try it. <laughs> this gives I don't you even a know little, what guava is. A little bit of insight into the minds of Chris and Jill. I look at a cookie ingredient and I say, no, I don't want to eat that. And you're like, that could be spectacular. Which is completely the opposite of how we are in real life, which is that anytime any new idea comes along, I'm like, (laughs) no, that is not possible. And you were like, I can do that. We should do that. Let's do it now. (laughs) 
<laughs> For some reason, your whole life philosophy has not extended to your your cookie consumption philosophy. Absolutely. I know what I like and I stick with it. Okay. So there are 24 cookies and you can see them on the New York Times. And we're going to post uh, some of the recipes in our show notes. And then we're hoping that once we get through the cookies that we want to eat on the New York Times, that some of our listeners will send in recipes and we can feature those. We can, tr- we can bake them. We can try them. We can talk about them. And share them with the world. Share them with the world. Right. And because- also, there are also existing cookies that we need to talk about that have the- a lot of history and science, you know. That are not on the 24 cookies of the New York Times. Yeah, that was just the impetus. I I think we are going to need to talk about, here in Massachusetts, we have the invention of the Toll House cookie, which is like the ultimate cookie, right? Absolutely. We have the Fig Newton, a very controversial cookie. We love controversy. Yeah, I think we have a lot to cover. Yeah, yeah. This this could be um, a 500-year podcast. Mm-hmm. So we should probably get into the first cookie. Let's get started. This is a nostalgic cookie, according to the New York Times. Uh, cookie number one, the M&M cookie? Yes. So I don't know how nostalgic it can be. It says uh, number cookie number one is nostalgic. I don't know what, what they're talking about, because cookie number two is like hundreds of years more nostalgic. But if we just want to do this in order. Okay. Cookie number one is... It's an M&M cookie, and it's kind of like a Toll House chocolate chip cookie, except instead of chocolate chips, it's got M&Ms. And the thing that jumps out about this cookie, you mix the ingredients by hand in a bowl and then bake it. So if you want a cookie, like, kind of right away, this is your recipe. However, and this gets into the science and, and such, you need to plan ahead if you want this fast cookie because your butter needs to be soft enough to whip it by hand. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so you should always, in case you want good cookies... In a hurry. In a hurry. You should always leave some butter out at room temperature, which isn't a bad thing, right? Because butter can be out at room temperature for all the time. I'll tell you, I have butter out at room temperature all the time in a covered butter dish on my counter for toast and such, but that is salted butter. And when you when I make cookies, I use oh, unsalted butter. Interesting. Well, we'll so have maybe to, I we'll need have... like a second covered butter dish for my baking. We'll have to find out from uh, anybody who's listening uh, what you do with your butter and, and whether there's a difference in salted and unsalted butter for stability in the in the kitchen and shelf life. Uh, but until we get that information, you, you bring up butter, which is, is important. Did you know, Jill, that all cookie recipes, apparently, according to Science of Cooking, cookie recipes are generally two parts flour, two parts fat, and one part sugar? I had no idea. And if you veer from that, you're either going to get a chewier cookie or a crispier cookie. So this is not a cookie and it has been disqualified. Now let's eat it. (laughs) But wait a second. If you switch brown sugar for white granular sugar, you're going to get a chewier cookie. If you have more butter than the two parts fat, you're going to get a chewier cookie. If you have less butter, you're going to get a crunchier cookie. If you use eggs... And I I have seen even an infographic about whether the butter is melted, softened, 
chilled that that yeah. affects like the spread of the cookie and the yes. ultimate texture of the cookie. And the more spread of the cookie, the crunchier the cookie is going to be. For sure. On the edges, at least. And eggs just totally throw this off. Uh, they can make the cookie cakier. They can make it crispier if you use just egg whites. If you use the yolk, you're going to get a chewier cookie, like if you just use an egg yolk. So there's all kinds of things in here. So today's recipe is not two to two to one. No, it is not. It has three to one flour to fat ratio. Wow. Okay. And that's the science right there. Yeah, a three to one flour to fat. Yeah, and I know about I know about that from my seventh grade math homework that I have to do. And it also has a, a an egg. So I'm going to say that this is going to be a puffier cookie. So Chris, does the egg count as part of the shortening? Or so in other words, maybe it's not a three to one. Does the no? They both are a texture molecule. Texture molecules are really big molecules. So See, proteins, I told you, science. proteins, fats, carbohydrates, things like that. So your cookie model, is it flour to fat or is it flour to texture molecules? It's flour to fat. Okay. And sugar. Move on. Go ahead. Proceed. Okay. So this recipe basically has butter, two types of sugar, an egg, some flavor compounds, the uh, flavor uh, molecules, the vanilla, a little bit of salt, mm -hmm. which is also mm -hmm. a flavoring. Um, and a secret weapon in all cookies, I think. A baking soda, which also is a leavening agent. Uh, baking True. soda versus baking powder. Baking soda is also often put in for taste. Hmm. And then flour. We should mention that the flour that we have is special. Are you referring to the fact that it is gluten-free? Yes. All of the cookies that we will be tasting on Cookie Lab, we have made with gluten-free flour. So we may have to adjust the recipe just slightly, but in this first podcast, we have not adjusted any of the any of the recipes and i will say that that the cookies look like cookie like like cookie cookies well your cookies look like they should be in the new york times well thank you <laughs> mine do not <laughs> <laughs> your m m cookie looks a little different but it is making my mouth water so it, my would... mouth is watering so much should we can we should we proceed yeah, let's eat an M&M cookie. Yay! And, then and Chris, I think you should you have, have some special music for the t for when we're eating the cookie. Okay, we'll turn on the special background music. Ready? Uh, yeah. Mine is mine is crispy as you can hear. How's this mine? Mmm. And the M&Ms are, are, I would go so far as to say, crunchy. I can taste the butter and the vanilla. I think I can taste the dark brown sugar. And of course the sugar, yeah. Now I'm biting more into the middle of the cookie now. It's a little bit softer in the middle. Did you chill these cookies before you bake them? I'm glad you asked that. I did not. The recipe says preheat your oven to 350 and then later on in the recipe after you've made the dough it says put your dough in the refrigerator while your oven finishes getting to 350 well my oven had been at 350 for a long time before i got to that point <laughs> so you so, didn't have to wait for the oven 
It didn't tell me must be chilled for one whole hour, must be chilled overnight. It just was like, here, if you need a place to stick this. So therein lies another key factor. The colder your 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 dough when you put it into the oven, the less it's going to spread and the chewier the cookie will be because that spreading just makes it thin in parts. So if your cookie is warm to begin with, room temperature warm, you're going to get a crispier cookie. But I will say that this is a delicious cookie, Jill. No, Chris, that's you. No. I've got a mouthful, so it does not going to sound good on the podcast, but that's you being kind to me because you're a lovely person. Don't you think that it, it tastes good? It tastes a lot better than I expected it to, based on the its appearance compared to the highly styled New York Times photograph. Right. So I would not turn this cookie away. On my cookie scale of one to three, it gets a 2.78 for deliciousness. And the M&Ms add something different than chocolate chips. Wow, thank you for that very generous rating. Um, I agree with the M&Ms versus chocolate chips. It is a crunch, and that's really what M&Ms are all about. As you know, M&Ms were created um, when a chocolatier... I think M&Ms were invented for the space program. Were they invented by the Mars Company? Yeah. M&Ms were invented by Forrest E. Mars of the Mars Candy Company. Oh. They were... They were originally sold to the U.S. military during World War II because they melt in your mouth and not in your hands. Oh, so it was sort of a governmental program, but much earlier. Oh, right, right, right. Not the space program. It was World Mm. War II, which is a little pre-space program. But he got the idea from Smarties, which is a British candy. He observed some British soldiers who were eating these candy-coated chocolate beads in the Spanish Civil War. Oh, wow. The Spanish Civil War sounds like it was much earlier than the World War II. And why would there have been British soldiers in the Spanish Civil War? This whole thing is breaking down. I think everybody needs to go to a history podcast, which we are not, but maybe we should become one. But you get the idea. Yeah. So it was early. But Smarties, okay, there are, there are different types of Smarties. When you when right. you first said Smarties, I thought of those those colorful sugar tablets, the pale colored, yes, which that, I love. That come in the crinkly wrapper. These are basically a British M M&M. and M. Uh, yes, I've had them, and they taste completely different. Isn't that surprising? Why would they be? It's just chocolate in a candy shell. Yeah, what if we made this recipe with Smarties? Oh, we should try that. Maybe we should Tune just do a Smarty week. tasting, too. <laughs> and just get rid of the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> then it would be Smarties cast. I mean, Smarties lab. Okay. Still eating the cookie. I can hear it crunch. That was a pretty big cookie. Yeah. I want to eat the whole thing, but... but um, Oh, I ate the whole thing. Okay. Thank you. Good. Let, I will. <laughs> this is the 8 million calorie podcast. All right. So, wasn't there another candy that you were going to tell us about that were like poop related? So, from the little research I've done to prepare for this fine podcast episode, I found out that... It was the Smarties that Mr. Mars observed and kind of copied to create the M&M. 
But there was an even earlier French version that was called Crotte de Lapin, which means rabbit droppings. And this was so that late fine ladies <laughs> could eat the chocolates without it melting on their white gloves. And they called it rabbit droppings. The fine yes. ladies were eating rabbit droppings. Yes, fine French ladies. So Because they were Crotte de Lapin, which sounds so much fancier than rabbit droppings. Crotte de Lapin. So we could make Crotte de Lapin... Cookies. Crot. 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 <laughs> Catastrophe. <De> la <laughs> we could. We could make rabbit dropping cookies. Crotch de la pants. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, cookies. Yes. <laughs> Good. All right. So some classy M&M cookies. That is cookie number one and cookie lab podcast Number one, if you like this, please like it on on your podcast server. Write us a great review uh, and send in your recipes to cookielabpod at gmail.com. Have you even set that up yet, Chris? Not yet, but I'm going to right now. Okay. And we might feature your cookies here on Cookie Lab. And stay tuned. We'll have special guests and great, great, great banter and cookie eating sounds good thanks for listening in and tune in next week as we taste cookie number two from the new york times the almond spritz cookie see you next week i can't wait